today's episode of the Thriving in Ministry podcast, we talk about the five tools that should be in every pastor's tool bag. This is the day that the founder of Talenton Church Services, and as always, Dr. Dace Clifton, pastor himself, is with me. Dace, you are on a little vacation right now, right? Yeah, that's right. We're recording somewhere in Wyoming. Yes, and so you had to pack for this trip, and it got you thinking about what pastors should pack in their tool bag or in their suitcase in your case. So we're going to talk about the five key disciplines, practices, uh, that every ministry leader, every pastor should know. They're practices that really, regardless of the size of ministry or years of service in ministry, you know, th- these are ones that you can embrace and uh, will really set you up to have faithful and effective ministry. Dace, how is the trip going? Man, it's going good. And there are things that we didn't pack that we probably should have and things that we packed that really have not been necessary. I mean, we, we've, we've been off a, a good portion the last few weeks and it's been awesome, but uh, it's been interesting. So I've got packing on my mind for sure. And uh, so I wanted to ask you a packing question, Kyle. Okay. And I've got a question for you today, which is what is the strangest thing you have ever packed on a trip? And so we briefly prepped before this show, and I told you a story that I cannot share on the Thriving in Ministry podcast. How, how is that for a teaser? But you did like the story, right, Dace? I, I did like the story. It uh, it was a, it, on the the cringy scale. It was it was probably a, a eight point nine to nine point two for oh. sure. Yeah, high, okay, yeah, I, th- I I thought it was at least a nine point five, but. Uh, as we're getting ready for the Olympics, uh, I just know that you are now the Russian judge, so it's okay. <laughs> it was, um, it was but good, to, man. It was good. All right. All right. But to answer your question, strangest thing that I've ever packed for a trip, let me think about this. I should have prepped because I was too busy telling stories. Uh, Dace, I would say that um, one thing that I packed that is unusual because I just got off a of vacation, too, is I packed a pickleball paddle. Wow. Try saying that on a podcast. But I did pack a pickleball paddle so that I could play while I was on vacation. And I did not play. But that was probably one of the most uh, confusing things that I've taken on a trip recently. What about you? Now for Well, well let me ask this. Now, for a non-pickleball player, I've got to ask, is, you know, when you have a pickleball paddle, does that have like a case? You know, do you have like a whole kit, a rig, or is it just like a ping pong paddle that's larger? Uh, it is larger than a ping pong paddle, and I did take some balls that I like to use. Uh, mine does have a case. Uh-huh. Some would travel with a bag uh, with everything in it. But, yeah, mine, mine's pretty flat. It's a little bit bigger than a ping pong paddle. So, uh, yeah, no no craziness there. But uh, it's odd to roll up. And it's kind of like golf clubs. And I know you're not a, a, a huge golfer, Dace, but if you've got something that you like, and it's easy to take. You you take it with you just in case you get a play. No doubt, no doubt. Well, I've got a, an easier one probably. You know, you know that when I go on vacation, Kyle, we pull a uh, an RV, a travel trailer, and when you have one of these things, there's constant, constantly there are things that break. There's things that happen. So I actually take basically almost every tool that I own, and uh, I'm taking like a, I, take, I have a caulking gun with me on this trip. Wow. Now you would. 
you would not think that that's important, but if you're going to spend three weeks in an RV, you better have virtually everything that you need because, you know, one thing that we know here on the Thriving in Ministry podcast is we're really pro-wife, right? We Happy wife, be life. So my job in vacation is to make sure that my wife is having a good time. If she's having a good time, hey, I'm good to go. I'm, I'm having a great time. So every tool I own virtually is, is on this trip. And so the caulk gun is for uh, sealing like the roof or something else? Yeah, if you had like a, yeah, exactly. You know, you, your, your roof is like a rubber membrane roof. And so if there's a leak or something like that, the only way that you can uh, solve that is to, you know, to, to caulk it up. So, yeah, you've got to have all that type of stuff. All right. Very good. Well, we are talking to pastors and church leaders this week about the tools that should be in their tool bag. Dace takes all of them with him. Uh, when he goes RVing, but these are not actual tools. These are more like routines that every pastor should have. And and so as we get into these, you'll kind of see a pattern develop, but I would want to encourage those listening to build or or kind of preface the conversation that we're having today based off of routines. So you can say, hey, I, I, I like that point, but if you are doing it once a year or once a month or once every other month, that may not be a routine in your life. And so what happens is we look out uh, over time and realize, man, I forgot to do this. And so what we're talking about here is all based off of some sort of routine. So this should be a pattern in your life, in your ministry, uh, so that you can be effective, right? So that you can avoid burnout, that you can lead effectively and ultimately have a greater margin for ministry. So Dace, uh, in the ministry tool bag that every leader needs to have, what's your first point? Number one, a mentor. Kyle, this follows a very biblical pattern. It's definitely something that the scripture commends us to, and it's healthy. And one of the great advantages for every pastor, ministry leader to have a mentor is that it really, it will double or triple your ministry IQ. And I want to illustrate this with just a very brief story, Kyle. I had a situation in my own church, and for about three days, I was just trying to wrap my brain around this problem. And I was praying about it. I was looking at some scriptures and just, uh, you know, seek, looking online, honestly, you know, about how can I resolve this situation? And I called a, a good friend of mine who's, who's been a, uh, a mentor to me. He's been in ministry probably about two decades longer. And within the course of about 12 minutes, man, he, he totally solved this problem. He said, yeah, I've had that happen before. You need to do this, this, and this. And I just walked away just with a complete different measure of confidence and just total peace. And so that's why I say a mentor will double or even triple your ministry IQ. And so it's so important. Well, and I think a mentor is important for a couple of reasons. So one, you know, that's a sounding board. So sometimes a mentor can be used to just vent. Yep. So you have frustrations in ministry. You just want to vent and get it out. Yep. Uh, sometimes it can be asking for advice, which is what I think was going on in this problem. Hey, I, I've got a problem. Yep. What do you see that I'm not seeing? And that gives you a fresh perspective, another set of eyes yes. that really help you see a problem. And maybe they've had experience and, and know how to fix it. It faster than than what you would have done. And so in that situation, Dace, you worried about it for three or four days before picking up the phone <laughs> and they helped you in 20 minutes, right? Exactly. Uh, so uh, having a mentor in your life is critically important. The one B that I would throw on that is having someone that you mentor. So even if you are younger in ministry, you only have a couple years under your belt, uh, I think it's really important to have someone that you mentor and doing that on a schedule, on a routine, say, hey, every other 
Tuesday morning. We're going to take 20 minutes, 30 minutes and just talk, uh, I think is really beneficial. And, and the great thing about that is you get another set of perspective. And so a, a healthy mentor relationship is both ways, both the mentor and the mentee benefit from it. I know in my job, uh, I've got to mentor a number of people over the years, and it was always uh, beneficial for me. I almost ended up walking away with as much knowledge as I gave. And and so uh, having a mentor, a mentee is absolutely critical for you to thrive in ministry. So the second one, Dace, is a process to stay fresh, to grow, learn. Hey, tell me a little bit about the second tool, which is a process to stay fresh. Well, we don't want to grow stale in our ministry. Uh, we've all met people that really they were either stale or stagnant in their job or their, their vocation. And, and you don't want that to happen. There's just too much on the line. There are people that are depending on you. Uh, ministry leaders, pastors, we're, we're in significant places of influence. And so we've got to stay fresh. And the, the cool thing about this is, is that there are so many options. And I think that, as you mentioned earlier, Kyle, we need a, we need a process. We need some patterns and routines in our lives. And this would apply in this area, uh, you know, because everybody's going to be different. So for some, you know, it's going to be a combination of like podcasts. Others are going to want to take courses, uh, whether it's biblical languages or a focused area, you know, a way just to get new content. There's also, you know, we also want to stay fresh in the, in the reading of, of the scripture of God's word. We don't want to grow stale and stagnant. I have several ways that I read God's word. Uh, I think I've told you this before, every January. Uh, in about 30 days, I'll read the entire Old and New Testament. You can actually do that. Yep. And and it's a great way to get a different perspective on the scriptures. Um, you can do it in spending about two hours a day. It's not actually that difficult. Uh, another way that I want to mention is, is reading. And I can't emphasize this enough. It seems as though most key leaders, most significant leaders, whether they are leaders of large ministry, whether it's currently or historically, those that have had significant influence, they read widely. And so that's not just ministry books. If you're, if you're a pastor, you're a preacher, and you're ministering the Word, yes, you need to spend time in the Word, but reading widely, oh, it just, it just gives you so much more perspective. And I'm talking about reading non-theological works. I'm talking about reading works of history, uh, even fiction. Read widely. Another thing that you could do, workshops, seminars, conferences. I try to go to at least one or two conferences or seminars a year. I try to do a preaching conference or workshop every year, year and a half. It just helps me stay fresh. And then finally, I think it's good for, for pastors to uh, plan a, either a study tour, a trip or a retreat. If you've got the ability to go to someplace like Israel, I mean, that's going to be a phenomenal thing to add fresh perspective. But maybe, maybe that's not really on your agenda. You can still plan an awesome trip or retreat. I know another guy who goes out to the Cove every year, every fall to do some planning. And so there's all types of things that you can do to stay fresh, to keep your cup full, to learn and grow. That's some great insight, Dace. And one of the books that I'm reading that is uncomfortable for me and a little bit outside of ministry, it's definitely outside of ministry, but outside of my usual genre is Killers of the Flower Moon. It's a history crime, all that sort of genre. And they're actually filming a movie, Martin Scorsese, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. They're, they're filming it about an hour away from me. So I'm really excited to see that when it comes out. 
Uh, but you know, that, that helps you stay fresh. So back to your point, uh, uh, one of the tools is you got to have a process to stay fresh. It will help you avoid burnout. And I will add another to be here on, uh, the process to stay fresh is maybe if you are a pastor, it would be a good time to go visit another church, uh, on a routine basis. Yeah. So maybe you can't get away for a Sunday. Uh, maybe it's a Monday. Maybe while you're on vacation, you call up a local pastor and say, Hey, I just want to see what you're doing. Can you give me an hour to go walk around? Uh, I think that's a great way to stay fresh and it doesn't have to be the mega church, uh, an hour away. It can just be someone in your circle, your tribe, just to see what they are doing. I think will be a, another way to have that fresh perspective. Well, Kyle, that's great advice, and it's important to note that effective churches are all sizes. I mean, you can have an effective church of 30 people, of 120, of 500, and 2,000. You can have an ineffective church of 30, 120, 500, or 2,000, and so that's exactly right. We're looking for effective, fruitful ministry that honors Christ, fulfills the Great Commission, and I've known pastors that pastor churches of all sizes and contexts that can pull that off and do that by the grace of God. I, I agree, Dace. And so the first tool was a mentor. The second one was a process to stay fresh. And the third one is accountability measures. And so we talk about accountability and, and maybe when I was growing up, Dace, you and I were growing up, uh, you would have things like a, an accountability partner. And for guys, sometimes that was someone that you could talk about, you know, issues that you were having with lust or, you know, what, whatever issue or, or sin you have in your life. And, and that may be some of these accountability measures. But what do you mean? What do you look for in that tool of accountability measures? Well, I think that it includes what you spoke of, but I think that as a as a Christ follower, really, there, there should be no area off limits. And what that means is I need to live my life in the light. There, there needs to be people in my life that have full access to who I am, what I'm doing, you know, whether that's uh, entertainment, whether that's in work, you know, all of those things. Kyle, it's incredibly unhealthy when I live without submitting myself to the authority of others. And the examples of this are profound. Ministry leaders, business leaders, men and women of all different places, you know, falling. And and, and why is it? Because they, they did something, they got involved in something that really, if they'd have had some measures of accountability, if they'd have had a, a friend that, that loved them in a deep way, that could say, hey, you know what? That's, that's really not ethical. That's really not a good call. You really should not do that. It would have uh, sustained them, protected them, their family, and their ministry. And so, yeah, I just can't emphasize it enough. And even though we talk about it a lot, Kyle, the issue remains. There are, just, there are ministry leaders that are falling all the time, that are getting mixed up in, in all types of things. I'm thinking right now of, of several very well-known uh, theologians, professors, and authors even, uh, people that have you know produced books, and then now, boom, they are disqualified from ministry because they did not have the proper accountability measures in their life. So what that translates to for you and me is there need to be people in my life, and it could be the mentor, uh, but there need to be people in my life that have full access to who I am, to what I'm doing, and that hold me accountable to fight the good fight and, and live in the light. Yeah, and I would add that it's not even just uh, accountability for sin. Right. But accountability for for who you are as a person. And so maybe you struggle with uh, taking control over situations that maybe you don't need to be involved in. Maybe you 
have uh, someone call you out for being a workaholic or whatever it is. And, and maybe those classify under sin. But what I would say is just having someone make you better, right? Which was kind of that yeah. second point, which is a process to stay fresh. Uh, I think it's important to have those accountability measures. And, and really what I would add here, Dace, is you have to give that permission beforehand. Yes. A- accountability does not work well if you expect people to hold you accountable without that permission. So tell them on the front end, right? Which is, Hey, uh, I expect you to call me on the carpet when the quality of this ministry is not good. I expect you to call me out when we are not stewarding our finances correctly. Uh, Wife, I give you permission to call me out when I am not home for dinner at six, whatever those issues are. So the third tool that we're talking about that should be in every pastor's tool bag is that accountability in place beforehand. Hey, the next one, the fourth one is a group of friends. And I think it's really important to have your inner circle in place. And that kind of feeds off of the last one. So Dace, talk to me about your inner circle. Well, man, this is what really helps us to enjoy the the marrow and the goodness of life. I mean, friendship is a gift of God. And I think a lot of pastors forget that. They they operate oftentimes in unhealthy patterns of, of isolation. They think that they're at the top of the mountain and nobody else is up there except for God above them. And so there's people that they don't allow to get close to them because they're afraid of getting hurt. And the fact of the matter is, is that friendship is a grace and it is a gift of God. And so I'll just say this, Kyle, if you're not having some fun, something is going to break. You know, you and I, we were, we're supposed to have fun. And, and, and why do I, why do I say that? I mean, joy is, is a fruit of the spirit. And so Jesus, I mean, he was totally full of the spirit. And so there, Jesus was very joyful. I mean, there's no question about it. And I just feel like that, that we forget that sometimes. And Kyle, I've got a confession here. I've gone a few years in ministry where I really wasn't having fun. And what yeah. I mean by that is, Kyle, I was, I was leading a ministry. I was working all the time. I was putting in too many hours. I was neglecting my family to some degree. Um, and I really wasn't having fun. And that's why I say, if you're operating like that, something will break. Your ministry might make, break. Your marriage might break. Your relationship with your kids is going to be damaged. You are a person who needs to be having some type of fun. Now, fun's going to be different for all of us. And I'm having fun right now on this podcast. I'm having fun on the trip that I'm on. For some people, fun is, is an afternoon with a book. For other people, fun is taking the kids to an amusement park. For other people that are super weird, and I can't understand this measure of fun, but it's it's putting together one of those 500 or 1,000 piece puzzles. My wife likes mm. to do that. That's yeah. like that's like going to the dentist. That's like makes me insane. But But yeah, you've got to have some fun. Well, and Carrie Newhoff actually wrote an article and shout out to one of our listeners. They'll know who they are. Uh, they sent this to us and said, Hey, uh, maybe you should cover this in the future episode. And so Dace, I'm going to pause and say that we are going to cover this, uh, in a little bit more depth about your inner circle. But, uh, Carrie Newhoff wrote an article that said the three essential ingredients for every leader's inner circle. And I just want to call out a couple parts here. He says, you know, you just need friends who see you as you and not your title. 
Uh, and then also your friends or peers that are managing the same leadership and life issues you are. So when you have someone that's outside of like your board, uh, maybe at the church outside of your governance structure, it helps to have friends, people that you can just have a conversation with. You can go to a football game with. You can just sit and have coffee and not talk about ministry, not talk about your role as a pastor, but people who just see you as Dace and Kyle. Um, that's really open, and I think it will help with everything else that we're talking about. So uh, we are going to do another episode about the inner circle at some point down the road. Well, that's great, and I'm looking forward to that. And I'll end with this, Kyle. All of our ministry positions, titles, assignments, those are all temporary. I mean, even for Rick Warren, right? I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but he announced they're going to be looking for his successor. And so you've got this man who spent the majority of his life uh, leading and, and by God's grace, building this huge church, but it's going to end and it will end for all of us. And so we've got to be us and a group of friends helps us to do that. Well, absolutely. The final point today is a plan for rest. And so Dace, I was on vacation uh, last week. You were on vacation now, which maybe we shouldn't be recording, but um, hey, we've, we've kind of taken <laughs> off uh, sometime this summer. We've, we've kind of moved to every other week, but here in the next month or so, we're going to move to uh, back to our original pattern every week where we interview pastors on how to create margin, avoid burnout, and lead effectively in ministry. But a plan for rest, Dace, tell me about the final tool. Well, Kyle, this tool really it originates with God's design in the Sabbath, and my conviction is is that most modern Christians do not understand the Sabbath. They don't understand the the patterns that God has set in place from the very beginning for people to step out of their normal pattern and rest. And this is just a point I want to make here. If you if you examine and you look at all the Jewish observances, all the holidays, all the feasts, all the festivals, basically ancient Israel had approximately maybe a little bit over 50 days a year of time where they stepped out and a different pattern was embraced. 50 days to focus on God, gratitude, remembering his great work, and rest from regular work. And I think, unfortunately, that we've lost a lot of perspective on the Sabbath. And so I'm not trying to advocate for anything that's legalistic, any type of legalistic adherence. That's not what we're talking about. I'm just simply saying that God has established or demonstrated a pattern of rest that is necessary for human flourishing and life. And it is found in the Sabbath. And and so I think we need to embrace that. So it's not going to look like it looked in the Old Testament as a New Testament Christ-following Christian. I, I don't believe that. But without, without taking rest, without stepping aside from regular patterns, um, you're going to experience some fatigue. You're going to experience some burnout. You're going to become dry and stale. Kyle, I've been off, you know, for several weeks. And, and I will tell you that those several weeks have been so profitable for my own ministry. I mean, after being out for two weeks, I began to get fresh ideas. I began to draft out, uh, just jot down ideas for sermon series and things that just just totally out of the blue. But honestly, because I'm getting my cup full, I'm resting. I'm spending time fellowshipping with God and with my family. And so there's just, there's a new level of uh, excitement. There's some 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 uh, excitement in returning back to ministry that's starting to build. And so it's so healthy. It's so good. So I'll sum it up like this, Kyle. You've got to have a plan for rest. That means weekly rest. Yes. That means a little bit longer break, maybe a long weekend every few months or quarter. And then every pastor, every ministry leader, and 
everyone that's working hard, you need to take a significant break at least once a year, some time for vacation. So you've got to plan for it. If you don't plan for it, other things are going to encroach and you're not going to take those breaks like you need to. Yeah, Dace, and, and we talked about this about a year ago with Carl Walker, and really what he said was was really if you are in a time of rest, make sure to schedule your next time of rest. And I thought that was a key takeaway for me, which is while you're in the moment, go ahead and put it on the calendar, get it out there so that you can hold yourself accountable to taking it. And I, I think for those listening, if you're like, no, I kind of rest or, or maybe I know I have a problem, a filter that we could ask is when was the last time you really unplugged? When was the last time you went a day without checking your phone? When was the last time you left town? When was the last time you didn't think about ministry or the the health of your church for a couple of days? And many times people will be like, no, that's ever present. It's on the front end of my brain. Even when I do take rest, then what I would say is maybe you're not taking a long enough rest. And so that always happens for the first couple of days. Uh, but a week into it, at that point, hopefully you've been able to just relax, embrace the moment, uh, enjoy the colors of the flowers, enjoy nature, enjoy sounds that you don't usually hear. So the first one is a mentor. The second one is a process to stay fresh and then accountability measures and a group of friends and finally a plan for rest. So, hey, we all need these. We all need a mentor, someone who's pouring into us, friends that are just around us. Uh, we also need accountability to make sure that we're on the right path, but uh, we also want that plan for growth. We want that plan for growth in our, our personal lives and in our ministry. And so if you are struggling, um, even if you're not struggling, uh, you need these tools in and around you so that you can thrive in ministry. So Dace, bring us home. You know, Kyle, as I mentioned earlier, there was a time in my life where I didn't have a lot of these things and I was just working so hard in my own effort and really wasn't being effective. And so these things, I think that they are, I think they get to the, the marrow and the goodness of, of living a life before God as you lead an effective ministry. And we can all grow. I'm As you and I talked uh, today, I've actually got two mentors in my life. There's another person that has been on my mind for over a year that I know that I need to reach out to and ask if he'd spend some time with me to mentor me. And so uh, it's been good. It's important. And it's just part of the process as we follow Jesus and lead ministries to put these things in place in our lives so that we can, you know, so we can have an impact, be all that God would have us to be right where he's placed us. Absolutely. And as always, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Thriving in Ministry podcast. Hey, we are going to get back to you uh, asking pastors the same four questions every week. So uh, bear with us as we are taking a little bit of break over the summer. Uh, but we're looking forward to starting that back up as we're getting close to 100 episodes days that we put out of the Thriving in Ministry podcast. So as always, if uh, you found this beneficial, share it with someone else. Maybe you're in a mentor relationship and and you want to pass this along to a, a mentee to help them out. Uh, this would be a great episode to do it. Uh, we're here to serve you. So if you got any questions, you can reach out to me, Kyle, K-Y-L-E at talentonservices.com, where we help churches create margin for ministry uh, through fractional staffing and uh, Dace, they can reach you at thedailypastor at gmail.com. That's right, Kyle. So be sure to shoot us an email if there's any way that we can serve you. God bless. Have a great day.